Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. In Isaiah 6.1, it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Uh, Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Oh, dear God, thank you so much again for being a God who is near us. Thank you for being the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. God, you have supreme power and authority. I pray that you will speak to us into the very crevices of our heart to show us encouragement, but also to give us conviction. Help us, Lord, to answer your call to bring the gospel to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, Pastor Dennis mentioned part of my background. I, I was in school ministry as well, you know, school staff. So there is still the teacher in me. Uh, this morning, I'm actually going to do a pop quiz, uh, a short pop quiz. Don't worry, it's not a pass or fail. So using either the bulletins that you have in your hand, a gum wrapper or whatever, um, you're going to write on a sheet of paper. It's a short quiz. And what it is, is the answer or answers to this question, uh, who is God or what comes to your mind when you hear the word God? So who is God? What comes into your mind when you hear the word God? This is a timed quiz, so no pressure. Um, I'm going to give you about one minute, starting in a bit, starting now. So one minute. Try to list as many things that come into your mind when you hear God or who is God. About 30 seconds left. And even if you're not writing anything, maybe you share from your mind up here. So, about 10 seconds. All right, time's up. So we're going to get some audience participation this morning, congregational participation. Uh, Any of you, go ahead and share at least one thing that you wrote down. Go ahead and say it out loud. Almighty. Almighty. Provider. Provider. Master of the universe. Master of the universe. Man, that sounds like He-Man to me. I don't know why. I mean, it's just, (laughs) just dated myself. Yes, what else? What else came into your mind? King of Kings, teacher, teacher yes. Savior, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, yes. Creator of all 
Creator of all? Yes? Merciful. Merciful. I saw another hand, or maybe elbow moved. Yes. Yes, Prince of Peace. We'll get a couple more. Yes. Redeemer. Redeemer. Patience. Patience. Amen. Yes. Omnipresent. Yep, get all the omnis in there. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Yes. Oh, he is a friend. Are you thankful that God is our friend this morning? Amen. Yes. Ooh, God is love. Yes. Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. Get those Greek letters in there, right? The first and last of the uh, Greek alphabet. Yes. Ooh, whoops. That's, it happened. Oh, man, I got too close. Yes, Waymaker. Yes, and it's a good song, too. Um, Thank you for sharing. You listed as much as you can in one minute. And this is the first point this morning. Look back in Isaiah 6, starting on verse number 1. And we have here uh, actually a sad thing, but then you see a joyous thing for the remaining verses. All it says in the beginning, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah, he served, I think, for about 50 years as a king of Judah. He started out when he was 16 years old, when he ascended to the throne, and having all of this political, royal responsibilities. So there was a lot of political instability at the time. But God gave his prophet Isaiah this vision. And the Bible says that he saw the Lord sitting on a throne and he was high and lifted up. See, when we're going to go go through Isaiah 6 verses 1 through 10 this morning, um, the overarching theme is this. Yes, here my Lord send me, but it's more so how can we have a missions mindset? How can we have a missions mindset? You've heard missions messages, but how can we have a missions mindset that mirrors or is patterned after the heart and mind of God? Well, the first way, number one, is considering. We need to think deeply about who God is. That's why even in the pop quiz, it ranged from the omnis to he's a creator to master of the universe to the way maker that he's a teacher and that he's merciful. But Isaiah needed a fresh glimpse of who God is. In our nation today, uh, I would say there is political, political unrest. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? That's saying that tongue-in-cheek. Um, I've been all over the world as a little kid, Air Force kid, being in the military as an adult. I've been in 20 different countries and almost all the states of our blessed nation. The only state that's missing is Maine. That's it. That's it in our lives. During our travels, I can say this, that from East Coast to West Coast, North to South, all over the world, there is some semblance of political instability, political unrest. Even when I was deployed several years ago, and I was part of military personnel, 
What was our mission? We were tasked to liberate Raqqa from ISIS. That was our mission set. So every morning that we woke up, didn't matter if you were a cook or you were security forces or you loaded up the bombs on the plane or you were the chaplain, we all knew our role in the mission. And when the task was done, when we finally heard that Raqqa was liberated and the people were uh, set free from that political and moral oppression, we high-fived each other and felt so much gladness in our heart. But this is true, brothers and sisters in Christ, that despite political instability or even political stability, we should never take our eyes off of who is truly in charge. I like that someone said that God is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And Isaiah needed to hear this. This chaplain to a royal king who just died needed to hear this and see this. That the Lord did not abdicate his throne. That he is still high and lifted up. And despite human beings on earth who would not give him praise, honor, and worship, that there are still these angelic beings called seraphims, which means fiery ones. And they are not like the cute little baby cherubs that you see. Those depictions and those pictures, I mean, these were fiery angelic beings that did not have two wings. They had six two to cover their faces, two to fly with, two to cover their feet, six wings. And these angelic beings surrounded the throne of God. And what were they tasked with? Bringing honor, glory, celebration to the one who is the Lord of Lords. And this is what they said. Look again in Isaiah 6 in verse 3. It says this, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. Being on this side of Washington State, I got to say, you do see the fingerprints of God. This part of the state is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And why? Because you see glimpses of God's glory who is the creator. But have you paused and considered the honor and the glory of God working in your life? See, we just took a pop quiz. No one failed. No one failed. When we thought about who is God and what came to your mind when you thought about God and we just ran down about his love and his mercy and about his power and his knowledge. We just took one minute, 60 seconds. Imagine if you were to do that every single day to consider the glory of God. You know, this is our first time here, and, and Dennis prepared me. And he said about you all that you were going to be an encouragement to me and to my family. And I got to say, well done. You were right already before even coming up here to give the message. And you know why you're an encouragement? That word encourage means to put the heart in. Is because you have encouraged yourselves in the Lord. 
That's the power of that. We all go through ups and downs in life. We go through mountaintops. We go through valleys and wildernesses. But there are moments where we need to pause and to consider the glory of God and encourage ourselves in the Lord again. Isaiah needed to do that. He saw a clear glimpse, a new glimpse of who God is and that he is on his rightful throne. See, that helps in developing this mindset for missions of God sending people out to proclaim his goodness and his gospel, to consider him who he truly is. Second of all is this, how do we develop this missions mindset? Look at um, verse number five, and it says this. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Yes, it's important for us to consider or have a considering, especially about who God is. But also, we need to have a cleansing. See, this is the thing about Isaiah, this chaplain to a king, that he paused and got to see a new glimpse of God about who he really is, and he noticed that uh, it was really convicting because he didn't have a proper perspective about who God is. And when he saw God lifted up and high and that he is holy, 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 it's no coincidence that it's three times holy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. All are holy, set apart from the normal and the ordinary, but also that our Lord, our God is separate from sin. And so Isaiah paused, and he knew that he was in need of cleansing. And he was very specific about this cleansing. We can all say that we're sinners, which is true. You know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that, you know, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we really need to get honest and open with God about how we have sinned against him. See, Isaiah here, when he looked at his soul and then tried to contrast it with the holy God, with the holy Lord, he noticed that there was a point in his life, a part in his life that was not holy, that was not clean. Overall, he says that I am a man who is undone, which means that who is imperfect, unfinished, or actually means worthy to be cut off by God. But he touched on one area of his life right here that needed God's cleansing, and it was his lips. His lips needed a cleansing from God. As mentioned before, for 10 years, I have been a military chaplain, an Air Force chaplain, and I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just trying to share facts and truth today. I got to say, um, most military people are not known for the cleanest of language. Okay, <laughs> just saying. Uh, my first assignment was in Alamogordo, New Mexico, near um, 
near El Paso, about an hour north of El Paso. And I was stationed, assigned to the maintenance group. Maintenance group, I mean, they turn wrenches on beautiful aircraft like F-22s, and they worked on what we call the drones or remote pilot aircraft, RPAs. And uh, they were not known for the best of language. So you take this, like, Baptist pastor who uh, heard more, like, Christian swear words, like, you know, like, aw shucks or something like that. And, I, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, oh, Jebediah. I, know, I don't know. Whatever you exclaim, you know, when you stub your toe, that now I am hearing, like, the full range, the full range of cursing. And a number of times, and even joking around with Dennis last night, uh, who, who, who sympathizes with me, that even some of the airmen will pause when they were in my presence. It's like, oh, chaplain, I'm sorry. Oh, chap, oh, chaps, I'm sorry what, what I just said. Sir, sir, sir right? <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, sir. Um, see, the thing is that as chaplains, in the Air Force, we have this tagline that we are reminders of the holy. And specifically, as a Christian, we're reminders of the holy one. Uh, but the thing is that Isaiah recognized that there was a part of his life that needed God's cleansing. And God was ready to remedy that dirtiness in his life. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, friends in here this morning, I mean, what, what is God showing you? in your heart, in your soul, that needs his cleansing? Could it be your lips? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In Ephesians it says, let no corrupt communication proceeds out of your mouth. But do you realize it's not just curse words? You know, it's not like four-letter words that God wants to cleanse. I'm talking about even like, abusive speech or speaking evil of other people. See, the word blasphemy is not just saying wrong things about God. Blasphemy is also appropriate when we speak of his creations, those who are created in the image of God. I had to catch myself on this too. Because I justify myself talking about persons or people in order to justify, justify myself that I'm in the right and try to dehumanize them. But that is not the will of God. That our speech should be seasoned with grace. You know, whatever stuff you post on social media, is it healthy or unhealthy? Anything that you share with friends, is it uplifting or does it tear down? See, this world doesn't need more trolls <laughs> online. And it doesn't need more people with abusive speech. Especially for us who, calls ourselves, who call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ or children of God, that we need to be known of having words that bring life instead of death. I've had numbers of airmen <clears throat> who would sit in front of me. And first time away from home, third time away from home, whatever. 
And I can tell you that is absolutely heartbreaking about them sharing stories, real accounts of wounds they were still carrying from parents that verbally abused them. One airman in particular, she was struggling with suicidal ideations. She was thinking of killing herself. And she said, actually, that this is not the first time that she felt this way. It's because her mom, who also suffered from suicidal thoughts, that she actually blamed her daughter for wanting to kill herself. what, What heavy burden to carry. See, when Isaiah needed cleansing of his lips, it wasn't a small ask. He noticed that in order to effectively care and to come alongside of the people that God wanted him to take care of, he needed to cleanse this, the lips. But what other areas of your life does God want to cleanse? Does he need to cleanse your hands of how you've been using them? Does he need to cleanse your feet? Does he need to cleanse your mind? See, after developing a missions mindset of considering and cleansing, uh, let's move on to the next point. Let's look at verse uh, number six. It says this, more about the cleansing. Then flew one of the seraphims unto, unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and, and said, Lo, this hath touched Thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. I am so glad this morning that our God does the impossible, does the humanly impossible, that our God can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. So after considering and cleansing, man, what's the next step? In the next verse, it says this. And the crux of this title or this message this morning. In verse 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, this is Isaiah, Here am I, send me. After considering and cleansing, now it's time to hear the calling of God. It is no coincidence that You see some pronouns here in the plural. It says, us. Even back then, the Judeo God is a triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's not that Jesus was born God on like Christmas Day. No, Jesus, the Son of God, has always existed. And he is here. In this passage, looking down in humanity with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and they are saying, whom will we send? Who will go on our behalf? And Isaiah volunteers and says, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Pastor Dennis mentioned that he and I, we grew up in youth group together. And it was around that time of 15, 16 years old when God started stirring in my heart about ministry. But did I totally answer his call? No, I negotiated with him. (laughs) When I was a freshman at University of Washington, 
My goal was to go into business, working at the time for like Microsoft and maybe Oracle or this one, uh, there was like a startup company in Seattle that really intrigued me. I'm like, whoa, that sounds cool. And it was this small company called Amazon at the time. <laughs> my goal, my negotiation goal was this with God. You ever done this before? Negotiated with God? Uh, try to draw up your ter- own terms of life. And I said to God, God, I'm going to make a lot of money and I will give to your work even missionaries. But what God really wanted was not just my money. He wanted my heart. Dennis's dad, Pastor Dennis Fountain Sr., was my pastor. And if you've known him, gracious, loving, patient, and uh, he took a chance on me. He knew that God was stirring in my heart, so halfway in between my freshman year at UW, uh, I had an opportunity to go to Mexico on a missions trip. And he opened it up to a church family like this, our church family, and said, would you help support Robert Pitts in going on this mission trip? And the church family did. On that mission trip, God confirmed that he was sending me into the ministry. I didn't know what, I didn't know where, but all I knew is that no longer I was to do my own business, but I was to do the business of God. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Dennis Fountain Sr. Because he loved on me, mentored me as I grew in ministry, even became a lead pastor, and even became a chaplain. That he was there by my side, always with a big smile on his face, making sure Now, I wasn't too knuckleheaded, okay? Um, But he made sure that I was always fully emotionally supported. See, when God sends you out into the unknown and the uncomfortable, he doesn't send you out alone. Here in Moses Lake, there are nooks and crannies of this community that God may be calling you to inviting you to where he's already working. I don't know much about this community, but I do know this, that a long time ago, there was an Air Force base here. Remember that? Actually, it was birthed during the time of World War II. It used to be an Army airfield, and then it became a full-up base, and of course, it closed down a number of years ago. But do you realize maybe some of you, you were brought here or your ancestors were brought here because of that base. But there's been other industries that have come into this community and maybe you work in farming or maybe some industrial company or one of the other business here in town. But it's no coincidence that you're in this community now and that you're here in this service today. And this is a challenge that I want to give you that the here my Lord send me is still applicable this morning. God is on his throne, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they are asking, whom will we send? Who will go for us to Moses Lake? Are you and I going to say, here am I, here are we, Lord, send us. See, I'm thankful to see even 
the pictures of the missionaries that you have supported and you plan to support, some of them I personally know, like the Connors, Paul and Jeanette Connor. Jeanette, Dennis and I, we all grew up in the same youth group. And if you ever saw us when we were teenagers, you're like, wow, there must be a God today (laughs) that we're all in ministry. Just saying, just saying. I say that in love. Not trying to bring it down, brother. Or Jeanette. Or myself. Uh, But you know what? This thing about God looking out amongst humanity and looking amongst us and saying, who will go for us? To Moses Lake, are you saying, here am I, Lord? I'm physically here, but I want to be spiritually where you're going to send me. Now, here's another thing that I want you to consider, and this is heavy on my heart because of recent events. Going to the unknown and uncomfortable may include this. Because we can talk about um, God's salvation, him cleansing us from our sins and... um, just taking our sins away, that sort of thought, and then thinking, and it's true. But I want you to consider this, that God may be sending us into the uncomfortable and unknown regarding mental health. And I know in Christian circles or churches, that is not often talked about. But it's still very real. 10 years being a military chaplain, I have had scores of military personnel from Air Force, Army, Marines, you name it, Space Force even, uh, that human beings sitting in front of me and they struggled with depression, anxiety, manic depression, suicidal thoughts, schizophrenia, you name it. I have sat across from them who struggle with that. And they're asking, how can God help me with my struggle? I want you to think about mental health in this way. See, in the military, we have doctors, right? And if we were to sprain our wrist or break an ankle or have a compound fracture, they know how to take care of us. Now, more often than that, and this is like a running joke in the military, the doc, military doc will often say, hey, here's two tablets of Tylenol, you know, call me in about three weeks, even though you got like a compound fracture. Um, But brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to consider this about mental health, like a sprained wrist or a torn ankle or a compound fracture of a leg. Still pain, still suffering, that needs healing, that needs help. If you noticed with the quiz this morning about God, no one answered about God being angry or sad or sorrowing, or even with our Lord Jesus Christ that he was anxious to the point of death in the Garden of Gethsemane. Are you tracking what I'm saying? I've been thrown out with uh, a group that 
God blessed me with to hang out with at our church on Thursday night. It's our reboot ministry. Uh, it's those that suffered PTSD because of military trauma or combat trauma or just life trauma. And I, I said to them, does God ever get depressed? The, the definition of depression is when you feel pressed down. In Genesis 6, you, can, you get a glimpse of God, in a way, being depressed over our sin and our iniquities and our bad choices. And I threw out this. Since God has these negative emotions of anger, sadness, grief, sorrow, depression, does that undo his holiness? He's still holy, 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 even when you're angry. Holy, holy, holy when he was still sad. Holy, holy, holy when he was still depressed. See, negative emotions does not undo God's holiness and doesn't undo his love or his mercy and it doesn't undo his godness. Then how come as human beings, we think of ourselves higher than God? That when we suffer with anger and grief and depression and anxiety, that I'm going to rise above this and be higher than God? The past couple weeks, I've been really struggling. And you know why? Because one of the 400 airmen that I'm responsible for, 28 years old, he killed himself two weeks ago. I'm with what is called the Tactical Air Control Party, TACPs. In the Air Force, they are the ones who put themselves in harm's way. Remember growing up as kids in your... I guess a little box of soldiers you can pick from to play with. You know, you got the guys with the rifles, and, um, but then there are the guys with the radios with no weapon. You remember those? Well, these are those guys, except they got weapons, okay? The TACPs. They call in the close air support. They're embedded with ground forces, infantry, SEALs, Marines. They're embedded. They're in the firefights. They're the ones who close it uh, call in close air support to take care of the enemy so that we can press on and to be safe. Well, this airman, this hero, uh, killed himself. He survived Syria, Africa, undisclosed deployments, but the darkness was so overwhelming and he could not see the light and he decided to make this hard choice. Wrong choice. A hard choice. I just got back home two days ago from Michigan after officiating his funeral and his burial. But the thing about Eric was this, because I could still see the hand of God even in the midst of death. Tattooed on uh, Eric's left arm is his scripture reference, and it is Isaiah 6.8. Hear my Lord, send me. Mental health struggles are very real. And maybe some of you this morning, um, maybe this truth is going to help you be made free. Because what 
those who struggle with mental health need is a loving community that mirrors the heart of God. Those that struggle with mental health, they need grace, they need mercy, but also they need tough love. Not just tough, they need tough love, okay? And that's something to consider. This whole, here am I, Lord, send me. Because God may be calling some of you this morning to go into those dark spaces who struggle with such. Because we could pray all day long about when we have broken bones or struggling with cancer or having some other health difficult or physical difficulty. But what about this? Those that struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, even schizophrenia, that God may be calling us to do hard and uncomfortable things. Are we still going to raise our hands and say, here my Lord, send me. The last point this morning about how to develop a missions mindset is this. Look at verse number nine, verses nine and 10. And it says this, and he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And I know, like, wow, like this last point, Rob, that was a downer, and now we're going to end on a downer in verses 9 and 10, but I want to end in a real way. Developing this missions mindset, being willing to be sent by God to preach his word and to proclaim him, it does involve the considering and the cleansing and God's calling, but this is where we need to keep in mind managing expectations about convincing. You can go, but it's going to take convincing of people that you're being called upon to care for. And just to manage expectations, not everybody wants to hear what you tell them. They will have stopped up ears or blinded eyes, but God is still calling us to convince Convinced not with the power of us, our own like religious power, but is in the power of the Holy Spirit. When God sends you or when God calls you and you say, here am I, Lord, send me into that nook and cranny of darkness or into that territory that's been uh, superseded by the evil ones. Let me encourage you with this, that It is not our own power that we go in. It is in the power and might of Almighty God that we do this. So it is in the power and might of God for him to save them. It is our role to be able to drop the seeds of the gospel. It's not up up to us to grow the seeds. Just drop them. Drop the seeds of his gospel, drop the seeds of his love, drop the seeds of his mercy and care and let God do the rest. But it's still our role to convince. There's so many of us that were silent and it's deafening. Our God is calling us to convince in the power and might of him who is the Lord of hosts. So as you're thinking about these things this morning, how is God speaking to you? 
Is he speaking to you about considering him? About him cleansing you? About him calling you? Or about convincing people around you? Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.